Amen. Wow. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Amen. Let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God. I mean, celebrate God. Let's celebrate God. I'm sure we don't have... Hallelujah. You people are celebrating like 80-year-old people. Eh? I know you now. Let's celebrate God! Hallelujah! Amen! Woo! Amen! Please be seated. Please be seated. Um, it's a great honor and a great privilege to stand before you this morning at Recalibrate 2022. Hallelujah. I know you've been having such a wonderful time. Yes. You know, um, I, I, as I sat there, I just started thinking. And um, first of all, as we were worshiping, there's fire here. Hey, don't, don't, I mean, fire, fire. And, and the scripture God took me to was um, on the day of Pentecost. When springs fires came on each and every single person so there is fire here hallelujah amen yeah hallelujah so um fire consuming the things that need to be consumed fire um what does fire do? Refining the things that need to be refined in the name of Jesus. You know, when we come for a retreat like this, um, there's so many things. As I also sat down there, this is funny. Sometimes God talks to me in funny languages. And God said, soft life. You know soft life. Mm -hmm. So some people like soft life. You know, and God says that, you know, a lot of people want soft life, but there is investment before you can have soft life. Mm. I, that's, that's what God was telling me. There's, there's such great investment. You know, the reason some people can travel on first class, do, you understand those things you see? they've invested. The same thing happens in the spirit. Hallelujah. I mean, the same thing does what happens in the spirit. There can be soft life in the spirit. Are you here? But the investment you have to put in place in place of priesthood, in place of the word, in place of prayers, hallelujah. You know, people see fathers of the faith. I say, oh, and Pastor Taiwo is this, Bishop this is that. You know. <laughs> it wasn't always soft. Uh, I mean, you have to put in the work. And as we have come to recalibrate, there's so many things you will hear 
and you heard in the last few days, I encourage you to go back. You know, I found out that the word starts to work when you start to pray it. Are you here? You know, when um, Peter was in prison, what did the Bible say? It says prayers were made for him. Not prayers were prayed for him. Prayers were what? Made for him. There are some things you need to start to do with those words that you are hearing here. You need to go back and start to pray them. As you start to pray them, there are things that start to come into your life. The juice of those things start to come into your life. Because word has juice. But many, many, very few people squeeze the juice of the word. But it is prayer that starts to squeeze the juice of the word. I know we're talking about relationships. But let's start to lay foundation here. So, I appreciate Pastor Olumide and Pastor Ibisi. I think you should appreciate them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that how to appreciate your pastors? Hallelujah. I love this. I love these guys. I really, I really, 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 really love them. Hallelujah. You know, I am so certain and know beyond the shadow of doubt that God is using them to bless you. You know, there is something that God, God taught me years ago. God says that when he plants you somewhere, you should stay there because that's where you can get nourishment and grow. I'm saying, hallelujah. It says when he plants you somewhere, you should stay there. He says, the reason is this. You know what most people do? God plants you there, then you uproot yourself. He said, this is where it's happening. And you go and plant yourself somewhere. You understand? Do you know there are some flowers that cannot grow in Nigeria? They can only grow in winter. Mm. Now, what happens is this. When God is coming to look to bless you, he's not going to come here. He's going to come here. So many people, the blessings are pouring out here. But you have left your position to look for something else somewhere. Hallelujah. So it's important you stay planted there. You are, you are serving there. Honestly, some of the things that I have gotten from where God has planted me, you can only but imagine. Honestly, you can only but imagine. In fact, there's a recent testimony again. Hallelujah. I mean, testimony just following on. Just because you are planted. Sometimes it may look as if it's getting long. When with this, when, mm -mm, stay there. You will see it come out and blossom. And these guys, they have the word of God. They have the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And there's something about growing with the people that God has put you under. Respect the oil of God upon their lives. Sow into their lives. 
you know, everything required, and you will see God start to handle your things. Hallelujah. In the Mosibinigwe, Anasi, Alleluia. Anasi, Alleluia. Jehovah, Melua. Oh, Melua. In the Mosibinigwe, Anasi, Alleluia. Anasi, Alleluia. at a retreat so we're going to teach we're going to you know i'm going to jump around a lot because when you talk about marital destiny there are too many things to talk about hallelujah um when i teach i like to use myself as an example hallelujah because if it can be done if i can do it it means you can do it hallelujah so um and so you hear a lot of examples, my relationship, my marriage, and all that. Some of those examples, is not that I am perfect or my wife is perfect. We're not perfect, but we have a perfect relationship. Hallelujah. Are you here? So we're perfect for each other. We begin to grow with each other, and it's a journey of growth in the last 21 years. And this is the way I will start because I know there are married people here, there are single people here. I'll start with this. You know, 
A number of years ago, when I left university, I remember, now, some of the things I'm going to say, you don't have to do it exactly that way. God has to lead you because this is my own journey. You've, everybody has their own journey. So I can't compare my journey to your journey to your journey to your journey to your journey. But there is a place where you find instruction for the journey. Hallelujah. So I left university. I was a believer on campus. And meanwhile, on campus, I was a great guy. Are you here? I'm still a great guy. You can imagine. That's why my wife chose me. Hallelujah. So I had quite a number of female friends on campus. I mean, and today, you know, when I see my son, he's in university, he has so many female friends. Say, ah! He's like your father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, but never led any one of them on. Just pure friendship. So the first thing you need to learn to do as a single person is learn to build good friendships. Are you here? There are so many people, because you are 26, you are you, whatever, you are always looking. Any guy says hi to you, say, mm, Holy Ghost. Maybe you are talking. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. You must build good friendships. And those friendships must be word-based. Are you here? The reason is this. There is a world view out there. And there is a Christ view. The world view is against the Christ view. Are you here? So you need people who can challenge you who you know you are going in the same direction. You see, the challenge with most people is that you build some of these friends, then an unbe- you start to like an unbeliever. And you now say, eh, but... So I ask you, is the person born again? Say, he's born again, Shah. He's born again, he's qualified. Her born again is qualified. I'm telling you, some, if you do not, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So you have to start to build good friendships that are word-based. And, you know, when people tell me there's no husband in the church, there's no wife in the church, mm, you, have, you have not found, you have not, you, you have not started to build the word-based friendships. Hallelujah. So you, st- you need to start to build those friendships. You need to start to know this one cannot be my friend. I can be friendly. But, because the Bible says that you should be friendly. He who, he who is, what's that scripture? Who in this friend must make himself friendly. So you can be friendly to everybody, but not everybody can be your friend. Now, there are five levels of friendship. 
So you start from stranger to acquaintance to casual friend to close friend to intimate friends. Stranger, acquaintance, casual friend, close friend, intimate friend. Hallelujah. So you come into this church, people are strangers to you. I've never met you before, have I? So we're strangers. But I sit next to you, then we start to talk. We see in church once in a while, hi, how are you doing? So we start to build those friendships. Now, it's important that you do not pass the level of casual friend with anybody you don't want to get married to. Because once you pass that level of casual friendship, emotions start to come in, then you start to wonder, hmm. Which is why I said you must build word-based friendships. Now, that is friendship. So you must be friendly. There are people here every time else until Pastor Olumide or Pastor says, smile now. <laughs> Even your smile has hardness in it. Hallelujah. So it's important. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you know what the Bible says about? It says only the wicked has a hard face or something. There's a scripture like that. Hallelujah. You know, some of these things we're talking about, you see, let me tell you something. As singles, start, start to work on your inside. The amount of time you will start spend praying, spend in the word is so important. When you do that, there's a rumbling out of your belly. It starts to flow something. When it starts to flow, it starts to reflect in your eyes. Let me tell you. Beauty. Beauty is reflected from the inside. A lot of people think, oh, that girl is drop dead gorgeous beauty. Mm -mm. I'm sure you've seen beautiful girls that have bad behavior and say, girl, you're fine. There's something that the Holy Ghost has to enhance the beauty on your face. There's, there's a beauty on the inside that the Holy Ghost that, it starts to show on your face. You know, in university, I was going to teach a class in, on, on, in um, Bible class. So this sister was supposed to hand over to me. When I met her, she said, so I went to her room and we started to discuss. She started to tell me about the class, how the things work and all that. Now, left to me, this sister was not somebody who attracted attractive. In fact, the, in the university I went to, I went to CU, uni, CU. You know, see you when I went to university. Mm -hmm. So, when she came and she started to, you know, she plated her hair. She, you know, when she started to discuss, I started to see the glow of the Holy Ghost on her face. And I was like, wow, this sister is so pretty. 
Now, that made an impression on me. I was in year two on campus. It's like, what? Because I could see the reflection. See, let me tell you, if you are praying well, if you are reading the word well, the beauty of the Holy Ghost will start to reflect on your face. It starts to reflect. You see, the soft life starts with the hard life. Hallelujah. So the beauty of the Holy Ghost will start to reflect. So it's important that you will start to attract people. You know, I tell my wife something. You know, my wife is someone who people will meet her today. I mean, 10 minutes ago. And they will start to tell her about their whole life. I said, did you know her before? I said, no. She just started to tell me. I said, ah. Because there is something that pulls there. There's something that makes you feel comforted there. There's something that makes you think there is solution here. Brothers and sisters, you must be a solution center. People must see that there is solution with you. People must see that their lives can be impacted when they meet you. What do you drop with people? That's where this relationship starts. You know, when the Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, what it means, first of all, is that are you a good thing yourself? Because before you are looking for a good thing, are you a good thing? So there must be investment in that being a good thing. As a single person, I must be a good thing. And coming to church, listening to the word, reading the word, staying in the place of prayers, God starts to recalibrate your life. Do you understand? It starts to recalibrate your life so that you are fit for purpose. So that you can meet the right person. You see, don't be deceived. Marriage is not a decision you should take in the flesh. Why? There are beautiful witches and handsome devils. Who will tell you, no, they, you know, everything will be right. I mean, it will be so, so right. Because not everything good is God. It will be so right. I remember many years ago, the sister in fellowship who was giving uh, uh, um, a testimony. Talking about, oh, she dated this guy, everything was good, they were looking to get married, but she kept praying. She kept praying said one day she had a dream and she got up and told the guy i had a dream in that dream you were married she kept pressing there's something wrong that's not happening there's so the guy after a lot of press said well i'm really sorry um because you didn't allow me to sleep with you i go out to sleep with prostitutes that's what the guy said now Everything felt right. But she kept praying. She kept praying. So it's so, so important that 
we don't take it in the flesh. Honestly, I am so perplexed at the level of, of, of divorce, at the level of challenges that we are having in marriage. It is so, so bad. Even Christians. And that's because we have forgotten what marriage is all about. We have. Honestly, I thank God because God called me very early. There are some things that God had worked on in my life that it, it enabled me to take the right decisions. It just enabled me to take the right decision. There are some things I wasn't seeing. You know, a lot of some people, the films you've watched, the exposures you've had, you need to really scrub it off with the word. I mean, scrub it off. Use bleach. Yeah, Holy Ghost Hypro. Use it so that your mind can be clear and take the right. You know, some guys, you are still looking for the one that has curves, figure eight. You are still looking for... <laughs> Hallelujah! Are you with me? You are still looking for... Eh, she's like this. He's like that. Six pack. Eh? Six pack? Is his mind six pack? Is his spirit six pack? Six pack that may soon become two, one sack. Or two pack. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is bigger than that. Much, much bigger than that. And if your perspective, if you've not washed your mind clean, Bible says that do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing. <coughs> Continuous renewing of your mind. It is a renew, with a renewed mind you can take this decision. It is with a renewed mind that you can take this decision. Because if not, you'll be looking for things you shouldn't be looking for. Something that is not. Sometimes things are so close to you that you'll be looking for it everywhere. So God helped my mind so that when I saw the person I was going to marry, it was the person. And you know what? This may not be you, and it's not to condemn you. My wife was my first guest girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, that may not be you, but today, you need to, you know, there are things people tell you, and you need to have experience this year. Uh -uh. Let me have the experience of the Holy Ghost. When we are, a lot of things we are running around, running around, running around, stay. See, let me tell you, you don't have to meet 100 girls or 100 guys before you make a decision. Hey, go to this party, go to this party. People are changing, people are changing who they are just to conform and fit in to what people want. No, God created you to be introvert. God created you to be extrovert. God created you to be intro-extro. You understand? Whatever you are created, there is a purpose for it. So stay in that mold, pray, and let God lead you. 
What you are looking for is leading. Hallelujah. So, getting back to me. After I left university, I now started to, God told me once. God told me, he said, you are serving. I need you to pray and take control of your future. Take control of your future. So I said, what do I need to do? He says, I want you to fast and pray twice a week. Now, did I do, I did it, I did that thing from January, from January that year till about October. Did I do it as committed? Yes, I did it, but looking back, maybe I, can, I could have done more. But God, at least I obeyed. What most of us need is obedience. The mercy of God covers the rest. You need obedience. The mercy of God does what? Covers the rest. So I did it. And you know what I started to do? I started to pray for my, my, the person I was going to get married to. I started to pray for my future, my work. I mean, just about five things. I just started to pray about it. started to pray about it. And God is so... You see, when you obey, the instruction is fast. God will give you instruction. God will give you direction. But you have to wait on him so that you don't make a mistake. I'll explain. So I started praying. One day I was at work. Somebody say one day. One day. I was at work and I was praying in spirit. By the way, if you don't pray in the spirit here, I encourage you to do so. Hallelujah. I'm sure you can see the pastors, the leaders, they will help you. So, I started to pray. And I started to, I kind of heard a name in my spirit. Now, that may not be the way it works for you, please. Because somebody will leave here and say, Ah, that pastor. Meanwhile, you know Ada. Meanwhile, meanwhile. Mm. So, so I heard it. I said, ah, interesting. So I kind of approached that lady. I told her, oh, this is so, 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 and so. I, you know, but it didn't work out. We didn't have a relationship. But you know what was interesting? The name I heard is a name. So at that time, the only person I knew that I had that name was that girl. So I went to her. And we were very close. In fact, people told us that, ah, you guys, you should, you know, be careful about when people are pairing you together. Look for Holy Ghost pairing. Hallelujah. So, we kind of, so I told her, and we were very chummy, very good friends. But it didn't happen. Finally, I met the person who I'm married to today. Guess what? They have the same name. The same name. Both of them. To, to, be, to, to, to take it deeper, they're even from the same place. Not like Ibadan, Ileoluji. 
You can imagine how Ileoluji, both of them are from the same place. So he tells you that God is more interested in your success than you are. God is more eager to bless you than you are to receive. And he will give you a promise. He will give you a word. Concerning anything in your life, and even marriage, he will give you. When he gives it to you, you've got to walk that word. You know, one of my greatest phrases, you will always, always hear me say that, that every promise of God is a potential. But God is not f- responsible for fulfilling your potential for you. God will not come and fulfill that potential. Every promise of God has leading in it potentials. But God is not responsible for fulfilling that potential for you. So if God will take that word, stay in the place of prayers. I remember, did I pray as long as you pray as well as you? No, I still pray. Then God, you know, there's, there's let, let, let me divert a little. If you don't pray here, I mean, you don't pray. When I say pray, I'm not saying, oh Lord, thank you for today. I give you praise and go. <laughs> That's not even prayer. Hallelujah. If you don't take out time to seek God, you are putting yourself in danger. Not only that, you are, you are short, short, short changing yourself from what God has to do for you. You must take out time, to, you see, to pray. Hours and hours in prayers. Because when you do, you know, one of the things God has told me is this. I have noticed that in the place of prayer, there are, there are steps. There are rooms you get to. So you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Then you are invited to the second level. And what happens is this. The door to the next room doesn't have a handle outside. Mm. So you can't open it and go in. They must open it for you. Come up either. So, the things you start to experience in that place is different from the things you start to experience on. Then, when you take it to another level, they open for you again. So that, so that when you are, when you are, when you are married, there are things God will start to tell you about yourself, about your spouse, about your marriage, about your children. Hallelujah. So if you don't pray, you are opening up yourself. He says men always ought to pray and not faint. The opposite of prayer, there's is not of lack of praying is faintness. 
Are you here? So, if you don't hear anything today, hear that you stay in the place of prayer for long, there are things that will be easier for you. Yes, sir. There are things that will come to you. It will just come to you. That, for me, that is how my wife came to me. Yes. Hallelujah. And, you see, when she came to me, you know, when God gives you a word, every word only benefits you when two things happen. It benefits you when you get a revelation from the word and you act on that revelation. The word, if you are not careful, it's just like you are reading newspaper. But you see, this word does not contain all of God. Are you here? Just, ah, it doesn't contain all of God. What you have here in the scripture are gateways to God. Yes, sir. Gateways, 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 gateways. And there's a gateway for marriage here. Yes, that goes into marriage. Hallelujah. So, it gives you that word. You start to work it out and all that. So, We, 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 we were going to get married. So, I told her, girl, you know, I kind of like your style. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, guys, don't go and fabricate things just because you want to get somebody. Hallelujah. You know, I just, I, just, I just had a dream. A dream, dream. I dreamt. You understand? And in my dream, I, 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 I was on a white horse. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I saw another white horse. And, my, and you were on the white horse. And my white horse joined with your white horse, became a chariot. Hallelujah. Became a chariot and I saw you. I just woke up. Hallelujah. Oh, I was pulling water from a well. And you came to help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's not that difficult. In fact, if you are here and people are telling you dreams, say God has not spoken to me too. Don't, make, don't let people undermine your spirituality because people will do so by telling you, oh, God told me that you are my wife. And you say, ah, and that brother is very spiritual in church. Oh, he must be right. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. So, we, we started to date and all that. And, you know, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. I can tell you that for sure. Every time in my life, I've seen it. God is not the author of confusion. So we used to walk in the same place. My wife and I. So, she was serving. I, was, I started work. You know, where man they walk? He did chop. That's work chop. 
Praise the Lord. So, she was serving, but I'd known her because we attended the same secondary school. God just brought... So, we started talking and all that. She said, one day, I entered the office. As I entered the office, something jumped in her heart. She's never... No, something in her back. She's never had that kind of feeling before. And God said, that guy is your husband. Said, ha, 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 ha. She said, she laughed. She said, you know, I don't even like him like that. I wasn't thinking. This was in August. So things moved on, moved on. Then the like started and all that. And she said that at some point, she's, she liked two people, myself and one other guy. And she told God, God, you see, God is always important in this. A lot of people, you'll be saying, hey, Pastor, what should I do? Yes, Pastor can advise you. And Pastor can even get it right wrong sometimes. What about God? You know, I like what Pastor Lumide said about, it's, it's not about, does God love me? God loves you. God loves you so much. It, the, the love is too great. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't understand it, just read the scripture. You see how much God loves you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to talk to you. So she says she told God, God, I, I, this can't be, I cannot be confused. How can I like two guys? God, kill the love that is not it. He said, kill it. My wife was 23 when she prayed this prayer. So, I'm sure you know the one God killed. He <laughs> didn't kill the person. He didn't kill the person. But he just killed the love. Hallelujah. And she was a bit more focused. So that when I asked her out, yes. it wasn't, uh, is it, is it? In fact, when she told me to come this, I said, Okay, come to my house on this day. Let me. I brought a bottle of non-alcoholic wine. Say, you say, Kunle will proud gone. I said, you. I knew you were going to say yes. You couldn't say no. You couldn't. It shan't happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We we already know. Hallelujah. So, you see that progression. From when God said, start to pray about something. And start to do. Now, let me tell you other things. You're going to have kids. Start to pray for their marital destiny. As early as possible. You know, some of the things that happen in my life, I am a testimony of, a, of praying parents. Praying parents. There are things, as I, go, as I was going to school, my parents would say, kneel down. They will declare on my head. They will say also, you know, let me tell you this. My parents told me, secondly, you are ASO. You should go and marry AA. I said, that's a lack of faith prior. You know, sometimes you are 
Yana, eh, you know, you have some. Eh. So I said, no, no, no. So I met somebody who was, my mom said, eh, this, she said she just started praying. And by the end of the day, my wife is AA. You know, so, so one of the things now, is it possible to do that? God must tell you. And you must be sure. I mean, you must be sure. Ah. Because I know somebody that this happened to, and they gave birth, maybe two AAs or something like that, and they, they knew. They didn't even tell him, but you must be sure that God was speaking to you. Hallelujah. So don't get into a relationship, then eight months down the line, you say, blood group, genotype, say, you know, I tell this story. When I started liking my wife, I told her something. I said, this thing I have to find out. So maybe when a place like this in the office, is this person I was, is how I was going to, I just started saying, hey, hey this block crew guy, what's your genital? I said, AS. What's your genital? AA. I said, what's your genital? AA. Say, what's your genital? I said, road is clear. Hallelujah. That is wisdom from above. Hallelujah. Wisdom from above. So I didn't go. He said, I like this girl. Eight months down the line. I said, ah, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Are you learning something? So it's so important. Now, once you understand that, and you've worked on yourself, you start to work on yourself. Oh, are there things in my life that we injure somebody else? Because there are things in your life that can injure other people. You've got to be able to cut it out. This thing will injure somebody. Don't be proud about it. I've become a jack big bear. I've become dry fish. I can't be bent again. You can be bent by the oil of the Holy Ghost. There are things you are doing that you need to cut off. Cut it off. You know, there's a scripture I like. Proverbs 19 verse 3. In the New Living Translation. It says... People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at God. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. Then they are angry at God. You were the one who ruined your life by foolishness. Who took a decision you shouldn't have taken. You got into a relationship you shouldn't have taken. They took advantage of you. They said, God, why me? Yes, you. Because you, became, you were foolish. You didn't listen to the wisdom of God. God was guiding you. Remember, Psalm 32, it says, I will guide you with my eyes in the way that you should go. People are going into ways they shouldn't go. There's a way that seems right unto man. And the end thereof is what? Destruction. Many are traveling the road of destruction just because it pleases their flesh. It pleases their body. Hallelujah. So, the next thing you need to understand, therefore, is that 
marriage is a ministry are you here yes, sir. marriage is a ministry and ministry is about people are you here it's about what people and also ministry can only be accomplished very well and successful through the help of the holy spirit because it is not your ministry it is his ministry so your marriage is not your marriage it is his marriage when you understand that your perspective how you choose and how you live in it will be different now why does god give ministry god gives ministry so that his kingdom can be established so that what his kingdom can be established so when you make a mess of your marriage what you are doing is that you are fighting against the kingdom of god you are fighting against it not being established so you must understand that this is a ministry and there's only the holy ghost that can help you fulfill it you know maybe my research is not very i've not done too much research but you will find out look in the bible especially where it talks about marriage in the old testament i don't think there's a good example of marriage in the bible rarely will you find it abraham david Solomon, <laughs> Solomon, <laughs> he had the best marriage, Abby. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe Ruth and Boaz. Rarely would you find, you understand, maybe rarely, there was always, do you understand? And that's why, because the Bible says, it is not good for man to be alone i will make him a helpmate marriage works best under the uh, 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 direction of god and direction of the holy spirit once man began to sin there were challenges about it which is why when god was going to talk to us really about marriage when paul started to talk about marriage in ephesians chapter 5 he used jesus and the church that is the only way that marriage can work if you do it like every other person does it mm. see i can tell you People do have good marriages. Yeah. Without Christ. Yeah, they do. And that's this the reason. There is the principle of Jesus and there is the person of Jesus. The principle of Jesus do this, it can work for anybody. But the person of Jesus takes, gives you wisdom, saves you here, saves you there, there are so many things the person of Jesus can do for you. So somebody can only be working with the principles and be successful. But if, there's some, if some things go wrong, they will start to think somehow. Then, but when you put in the person of Jesus, 
the marriage becomes like what you have between the church and Christ. You know, before I, which is why before you get married to anybody, first of all, have a revelation about them. God, reveal this person yes. to me. Hallelujah. Then, when you also do that, tell God, reveal what my marriage is supposed to be. Because every marriage is different from the next marriage. Yeah, the principles will work, but you know what? God may be telling you, every morning when you wake up, look at your wife like this. For instance, one of the things I know in my own marriage is that I must make my wife laugh every day. It's a revelation. Every day I must make her laugh. That's, that's a revelation for me. It may not be your own revelation, which is why my marriage is different from your marriage. So, I will say something, I will do something. Do I do it? I'm sure I do it 99.8% of the time. So that's a definite revelation. So then God revealed marriage to me. And the reason God, re- the way God revealed marriage to me, just before we got married, some months before we got married, I called her. I said, there's something that I've just received. This, the day I told her this, she, she, she cried. I said, do you know that after we get married, I know you are a wise woman. I so know you are a wise woman. I know that this won't happen. But peradventure, you get into adultery. Peradventure. I know it won't happen. Peradventure, you get into adultery. I would not leave you. I said, I will hold on to you. We will sort it out. And I will love you. Because what I am going into, I have thought about it. And I have decided to spend the rest of my life with you because marriage is a holy covenant initiated by god conditioned on an irrevocable person or irrevocable promise oneness with an imperfect person of the opposite sex to for a lifetime to glorify god marriage is a holy covenant Initiated by God. Conditioned on an irrevocable promise. Oneness with an imperfect person of the opposite sex. (laughs) For a lifetime to glorify God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I, I, I totally understood it. See, it's not my definition. <laughs> it's things I picked up around. From but you see, but I totally understood that level of covenant. And I said, see, Jesus and the church, Jesus can never leave the church. Yes. In fact, yes. 
You are a Christian named after Jesus, Christian. It can never. I said, therefore, I can never leave you. I won't leave you. It says, Bible says that you should love your wife as Christ loved the church. So Christ is my mentor. So if you are getting married to any guy who Christ is not his mentor, you have a challenge. Hallelujah. I said, I will never, ever leave you. I remember after, he said, she, 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 she was like this. She started to cry. So when I woke up that altar, I knew what I was committing to for a lifetime. I knew that this is somebody I am going to, we're going to grow together. I knew that you are not perfect right now, but we are going to grow together. And we will be committed to each other. See, guys, it is not love that builds marriage. In fact, most of you, most people don't know what love is. What is happening now is chemical reaction. Hallelujah. That's what's happening now. You know, I tell my wife something. I said, did I say I loved you 20-something years ago? She said, yes. I said, ah. I said, that's not love. I said, with what I, the way I love you now, I said, that must have been hate. Honestly. I said, that must have been hate. I said, because, really? I said, I loved you? It's not even Chinese. It wasn't made. No made. Hallelujah. I said, because the way, because sometimes I just stare into her. I said, I just, I just love you, sir. I just, I just love you. Why? Because you see, it is not the love that builds marriage. It is commitment. It's commitment that fuels the love. I am so committed. Because you see, when you, when you are committed to somebody, there are sometimes you don't want to do some things. Yes. I just don't feel like saying, but you know what? I'm committed to this. I will do it. And that total, commitment must be total. Hey. That commitment must be, must be continuing. Are you here? It must be exclusive. So, it's exclusive commitment, total commitment, continuing commitment, and growing commitment. I must, I must be so committed in everything I do. So, you see why soft life <laughs> starts with the investments. It's not easy to make somebody laugh every day. And I am not a comedian. Are you here? There are comedians that bring pain to their wife or husband every day. They are making other people laugh, but they are causing their wife or their husband cry every day. So, you see those things committed. Then, you see, God told me once, 
Marriage is not meant to increase your stress. It's meant to reduce your stress. Are you here? It's not meant to increase my stress. So, it has reduced my stress. And it's, let me tell you, it's not the sex, though. It's not, because many people say, ah, Jack and Tete, marry. Let me just marry. It's better to marry than to burn. I'm not, I'm just born, I'm just burning like this. Don't be consumed, though. Hallelujah, because after you get married, the burning doesn't stop. Are you here? Because, see, don't deceive yourself. Your wife or your husband is not the most beautiful, the most handsome person in the world. It's not. To you, is the the most, because you you can't see any other person. Are you? Because you can't see any other person. That's why. Sometimes, Somebody will pass, say, God. God. Ah! Is it only you? Yeah. Somebody will pass and go, Hi. Ma Wube. Are you here? Ma Wube. So you have to you 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 have to say ah uh, that won't happen again. It's like cars; they will reduce, they will re- release these bends, release another one, release another one. Re- will you be buying every every month, every year? Hallelujah. So when God gives you that person, you'll be committed. You see, <laughs> when we were dating. Usually when I walk in, my wife will say, my heart just keeps... I say, eh? I say, eh? I, say, I will come again. I say, my heart just... I say, eh? Tell me, how does it do? We've been married going to 21 years now. That is maybe only five times. So if she was waiting on... The marriage... Oh, shubulule. I Oh, lule. The marriage you just lule. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You understand? The marriage you just lule. But my point is there was there's no commitment. You understand? There are things that that we start to we start to you see the, 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 the marriage is love is first of all duty. You understand? It is first of all what? Duty. I'm going, how am I going to serve you? Am I going to serve you? But most people don't want to serve. And the reason most people don't want to be served is because they are not humble. In marriage, you require that heavy dose of humility. And if you are a guy here, you require it. Most guys... You require it. Hallelujah. Because the way God built us, you know, you will find as if, oh, there's ego. You understand? They could, they could, they could touch your head before you got married. Now, they just touch your head. You know, what, what? You understand? You can't touch. 
there's a heavy, as you are a single now, begin to pray, God, humble me, humble me, humble me, humble me, humble me, humble me. You see, I've grown with, let me tell you, it is unusual, but my wife and I never argue. What would you say? Hey, is it I say, we don't argue. We don't even have, you know, issues around, you know, where, where disagreements. Yeah, we can disagree on issues, we disagree on it. You know, we've come to realize that there is so much more that we will do together. You see, you and your wife are on the same team. It's the devil that is on the other team. So like boxing, blue corner, red corner. We are on the same team. We will fight the devil to a standstill. And say you have no place in this home. We are on the same team. So we start, to, we start to do things together. Even, you see, once the devil starts to let you have disagreements, you don't see the point of view. Somebody is about to come in. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. When my wife was pregnant for her second child, who is her daughter, she's 16. One night, I was trying to tell her something before she slept. But I should know, somebody who is pregnant, maybe you know, maybe cranky sometimes. But I was tend to tell her something. She just reacted somehow. I was like, me? Head of this home? Balele? A whole me? I just, mm. I just, yes, lock up. You got it. That was a Saturday. I slept. On Monday, Sunday morning, I woke up dressed up. We are going to go to church. I went to sit in the living room. When she's done, she will call me. We'll go to church as a pastor then. So, I just started hearing my name. Kule, Kule, Kule. I said, oh God, why is she calling me? After like one minute, one minute, I just strolled to the room. I said, yes. Guess what? She was bleeding. When a woman is pregnant and starts to bleed, that's major. She was bleeding. I was like, oh, that's foolish, 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 foolish. That's what I told her. I said, only you are foolish. Because if the edge is not broken, the serpent will not strike. I said, wow, I've opened the door. So I said, you know what? We sorted out the issue. We talked about it. She knelt down. I prayed for her. You know, we reconciled. We were late to church that day. Yeah. But, but you know what? Yeah. This is the first church. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got to be prayed and all that. We came back, called the hospital, called the doctor, said, stay in bed. About three months later, she had her daughter. And I'm thankful I had that daughter because there's great testimony on her head. You know, there are so many things we do with our ego. You see, your relationship, your marriage is more important than your ego. It's, it's, it's so much more important than your ego. 
Which is why you need to pray that prayer. God, humble me, humble me, humble me. There was one other day she called on the phone. She said something. As the thing left her mouth, she knew I have said wrong. And she said it and apologized almost immediately. But as I heard it, said, ah, magic, go duro. Go god or ballet. I just, mm, I just, re, I just, re, I just returned. I said, I just, I said, ah! But Holy Ghost said, one day it's banging now. They've begged you. So I, I, I calm down. Praise the Lord. So my point is, if you don't, little things like that, the devil can enter. Both of you should be so one together that nothing will be able to separate you. Open up. Your mind, your thought, your, your speech, everything. Open up. Hallelujah. Amen. Open up. Let there be openness. You know, people ask me, eh, should I tell her how much I'm earning? Should I tell her? That's, that's the, you're still, you're still, you're still at 0% in marriage because it's bigger than that. Should I tell her? Should I not tell him? And this really hallelujah. See, there is nothing my wife and I don't discuss, there is nothing we don't talk about. Everything I've shared this story a number of times. The year we got married, I was in the office one day. And I met this lady, and we started to talk. I talked with her for maybe two hours. And I started finding out that she became attractive to me. Married man. Eh? I say, there's a problem here. So I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh God, help me. The, the, the attraction did not go down. It didn't. I was walking. I say, Wala has come to deal. I learned something that day. Don't speak to the opposite sex more than you speak to your wife. So if I speak 30 minutes with you, I will go and speak three hours with, with my wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I spoke. So, that day was a Wednesday. So, I got to church, called my wife. Because we had to go somewhere. I'm outside. We had to go now. And she came out. You know, married people. Oh, hi, how are you? I said, stop. I said, something happened to me today. I said, I was speaking to this girl in the office. And I started liking the girl. said, really? As I said it, the feeling just died. Why? Sin only thrives in secrecy. Hallelujah. So, there is, it tells you what covenant is all about. Covenant is sharing everything. Yeah. Everything, 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 everything. Everything. And when you start to do that, it starts to reflect on your life, 
on your face, on everything. Yeah. Hallelujah. The reason you guys think I'm 32, Abby, eh, is, 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 is where's what's happening there. Hallelujah. You know, the woman called Sarah, the glory of God was so much upon her that a king started to toast her at age 90. Abimelech. I said, ah, who is that? When my wife is 90, come and check her out. When I am 90, come and check me out. Hallelujah. And I'm not, I'm not joking. There is a glory. You see, listen to it. When Christ and the church come together, the glory of Christ is on the church. The glory of Christ is on the church. So there's a glory that comes upon you in marriage when you do it the way God wants you to do it. It reflects in everything in your life. It reflects in your children, it reflects in your work, it reflects in so many things. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Then finally, are we going to take questions? All right. Finally, there is something I need to let you know. Hmm? See, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. There are a few things. So, we may not take the one for the women, but for the men. Hmm? You know, that scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, Husband, love your wives as Christ does what? Loves the church. And gave himself for the church. As a husband and as a wife, you must understand that your position is first of all spiritual. It's an office you are occupying. Are you here? And if it is spiritual, you need the help of the Holy Spirit to fulfill it. As a man, you see, the responsibility of the church, the responsibility of Christ to the church is much more than the responsibility of the church to Christ. Yes. Wow. The responsibility of Christ to the church yeah. is much more than the responsibility of the church to the Christ. Men, because you are like Christ, your responsibility to your wife is bigger than her responsibility to you. You begin to see what God has called you to do. Which is why I told my wife that even if you decide to go astray, I will call you back. 
I will hold on to you. I can never leave you. Hallelujah. Are you here? And that is why we are always on the mind of Christ. We are always on God's mind. So, if my wife is always on my mind, it's difficult for me to commit adultery. Because I'm focused. She's just, she's just there all the time. She's just there all the time. There's no other person to enter. Hallelujah. So, when the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible did not say, husband, love your wife as Jesus loves the church. It says, as Christ loves the church. So, Christ in that sense refers to his priestly and kingly role. Because Christ means the anointed one with his anointing. So, as Christ loves the church, so if you are a man, there are things you must be in that home. You must be the priest. You must be the king. And what does the priest do? He intercedes on behalf. The priest offers sacrifices. And Christ as the priest did not just offer sacrifice. He became a sacrifice. So you are saying that marriage is not what people think it is. It's deeper. He became what? A sacrifice. So when the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church, that's what the Bible is saying here. So I will intercede for my wife. I will pray for her. I will pray for her business. I will pray for things there are some things, there are some prayers I'm praying for my wife now. When it starts to manifest, <laughs> you start to see it. Hallelujah. See, I'm not saying that as a wife, you won't pray for your husband. You will pray. See, in fact, sometimes my wife will say, I'm praying this week for you. One day, my wife came. I say, this is the scripture I'm praying for. I say, hey, follow the scripture. Yeah. Where did you? He says, your feet will be bathed in cream. Job. I said, ah, really? It's in the Bible. Feet bathed in cream. Ah, he said, that's what he's praying for me this week. I said, oh God, oh God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, are you interceding? Are you offering, are you a sacrifice in that home? Sacrificing things and becoming a sacrifice. You see, there is nothing I can't give her. I know there's nothing she can't give me. But my men, I will give her everything. You know, people say things like, can you die for your wife, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I understand what they mean. But you see, it took me a gradual position. One day I was driving home from work or from church, I can't remember. I got to a particular place and I felt, you know, I can actually die for this woman. I remember the spot. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
So, as the priest, he's also the king. What does the king do? He wields authority. Are you, are you, get, you want to marry this guy that doesn't, that can't, that can't talk to the devil, can't, can't. Oh yeah, quote scripture. The only scripture, John 3, 16. I cannot even finish it. Hallelujah. It cannot take. You know, you need to be able to get married. When the Bible says, one shall chase a thousand, and two shall chase ten thousand, you should marry a believer, a, a good believer. Because if not, you will be the only one chasing ten thousand. And it is not in your power. It's only two that can chase 10,000. You can, you see where people struggle come. You know, there are days my wife has woken me up. I say, ah. He say, I've had this dream. This person is this, this, this. I say, maliko sakayoya, get up. Masule egari matiga in the katasega. I counsel it in the name of Jesus. Go back to sleep. Hallelujah. Ogawanle. Praise the Lord. You cannot come and torment my wife when I'm there. It's not possible. Why be no? You will, you will catch fire. Hallelujah. And a king also serves with the heart of a king. You serve with the heart of a king and rule with the heart of a servant. You serve with the heart of a king and rule the heart of a servant. Hallelujah. Then finally, as, the, as, as, that, as that Christ at, at home, you are a prophet. You speak continuously till she becomes who God created her to be. Are you here? You speak continuously until she becomes who God says you In the name of Jesus. You are a world changer. Your business is global. In the name of Jesus. You are a mother of children. Your children shall call you blessed. In the name of Jesus. I see road opening for you. In the name of Jesus. You are celebrated worldwide. You know, I told my wife one day. I said, this is your business. Too bad the one billion dollar business. I will just resign and come and be chief strategy officer for you. <laughs> so we can make it three billion. Hallelujah. And you must get there. Hallelujah. So you speak continuously. Time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says that wives submit to your own husbands. Do you understand? As unto the Lord. You see, submission is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of strength. Because, but, before you choose, ask yourself, can I submit to this person? Because that person must be a priest. Must be a king. 
I mean, he must be a prophet. When the Bible says, your helper, I would find him a helpmate. A helper, a helper that can adapt, suited to you, that can adapt to you. You know, many men are fighting their help in marriage. Many men, they are fighting their help. Every time, when I see my wife, ah, the helpers come. And you help somebody who is doing something. Mm. You don't help somebody who is, you help them do nothing. You help somebody who is doing something. Who has a purpose. Hallelujah. So, as the man, you are supposed to sanctify her. Bible says, sanctify her by the washing of the water. Praise the Lord. Which means you draw her closer to Christ. By your actions, by your speech. Her spiritual life must improve because of you. You know, in those days, I, I used to ask my wife, you know, sometimes when challenges come, when children come and things happen, you, you, that's when you know that sometimes it's difficult to pray. Sometimes it's difficult to read the word. Sometimes it's just... So, what do I do? Sometimes I just tell my wife, ah, it's been a while. You've not shared a rev with me recently. Yeah, it means you have not, it seems you have not been reading your Bible. Because I'm also protecting myself. If she's not reading the word, if she's not praying as she used to be, you understand? loopholes, 10,000 may not be chased properly. There's so many things that can happen. So I encourage her, I say, hey, you have not shared a rev with me recently. So I, we encourage rev sharing. For growth, I must draw her closer to Christ. Hallelujah. Our spiritual life must increase. because. So my point is, as a man, you must have capacity. Yes. Yes, as a woman too, you must have capacity. But it's much more easier when your man has capacity. Because he's supposed to be the head. Hallelujah. So you must sanctify her. Bring her closer to God. Bring her closer to God. Hallelujah. I must nourish her. Cultivate her. Promote her growth. Hallelujah. I must protect her. The Bible says, is the savior of the body. I must protect my wife. I must never lay hands on her except in love. I can't understand it when people say they beat their wives or you beat your husband. <laughs> Hallelujah. I must project her. You know, the Bible talks about something. I discovered the scripture. The Bible talks about Deborah. When God called Deborah in the Bible, what do you say? The wife of Lapidoth. Let me tell you what used to happen in those days. You thought, oh, women were not celebrated, blah, blah, blah. 
Look at the Proverbs 31 woman. But the men sat at the gates where decisions were made. But Deborah was a prophet in Israel, but her name could not be completed without her surname. It says, Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth. Lapidoth must have been a great guy. Yeah. Must have been somebody who protected his wife. Yeah. Who allowed his wife to be all she should be. So, that woman in your hand is not to be trampled. She's supposed to be molded. It's supposed to be big in your hand. So, we see that, that marriage is not... It's, not, it's, it's deeper than all, a lot of things. Where, because at the end of the day, it must establish the kingdom of God. It must establish the kingdom of God. If it doesn't establish it, you've missed the whole point. Which is why as individuals, one of the first things, I'll, I'll close with this, is that Start to walk a life of purpose. Start to ask God for purpose so that God can lead you in the right direction. You know, you may not get the full picture, but God will have started to walk you in the right direction. See, marriage is not the purpose of life, If marriage was the purpose of life, Jesus did not fulfill purposes. Hallelujah. Paul did not fulfill purpose. Meanwhile, Paul gave us the greatest revelation of marriage. And he wasn't married. Mm. Are you here? So, once you understand that, God, what is my purpose? God as you walk in that purpose, he will interrupt you to bring to pass who it is you are supposed to get married to. Go and ask Adam. He says, keep and tend the garden. While he was doing it, he didn't even know that he needed, he was alone. He was fellowshipping with, God had been coming down in the cool of the evening before Eve. He had been fellowshipping with God, walking in the things that God called him to. God has said, it is not good that man should be alone. He needs a helpmate. God interrupted him and brought his bone of the bone and flesh of him. You see, as you walk in your divine purpose, as you walk in the way God wants you to walk, God will have to interrupt you and bring it. You see, it will not just be a prayer. God, God, bring that, whatever. Yeah, God, uh-uh. there are things that God will see. There's a sister who used to be a singles executive. She's been married, I think, for 10 years now. Let me tell you her story. She used to be an usher in church, in Fountain of Life Church. One day, somebody say, One day. Somebody was watching live stream in Fountain. The person was in America. Live stream. Now, for you to watch 7 a.m. service in America, that means you are at least 12 midnight. At least 12 midnight, because 5 hours, 12 midnight. 
So somebody stayed awake. And the king could not sleep. Somebody stayed awake, watched it. The guy had some family members in. And while she was, was watching it, somebody passed on the screen. Somebody just said, who is that person? This usher. After the service, he got in touch with the people in the, in the, fam, in the church. I said, There's this usher. You describe it. Anyway, long story short, they are married for about 10 years now. So my point is this. Walk in your divine purpose. You understand? Don't box God into this is how you must do it. This is where I must go. This is what I, As you are walking in it and walking in the place of obedience, you know what? God starts to give you revelations. God starts to guide you. God starts to direct you. Then, the person shows up. This, it becomes like soft life. Hallelujah. Let's stop there today. <laughs> have you been blessed? So if you have questions, we have questions already, bring them. If, or if you want to ask your question as far as you can go. You have question? Okay. Question. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. And mine is not a question. I just wanted to sort of um, um, touch light some of the things that you said because I was almost jumping off my seats. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned when you were talking about chariots and I had an experience where, you know, he came and said he had a dream and we were like seven. <laughs> Our friend is like, it's not me. No, not him. No, no, not him. Another guy, you know, he said he had a dream and we were seven ladies and he told God, what does this dream mean? And the Lord was like, these seven women are powerful women in the spirit. And he told the Holy Spirit, who is my wife amongst all of them? You know, so, I mean, at that point, we were in quotes, meant to be in a relationship. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, you asked the Holy Spirit, seven of us were seven? You're actually talking to seven of us? You know? And I think I got crazy for a second and I just told him, he now said he has spoken to the other six and he's told them to pray. And I think I just lost it. And I, I just started laughing, you know. I don't know what happened to me, I just started laughing. And I sat on the floor and I said, you know what? Why don't you just open a WhatsApp group? Let's just all just be there so that you can just disseminate the message all at once. Um, and then he came back and, you know, eventually said, has the Holy Spirit spoken to me? I said, no, he hasn't. I, I'm, I'm like, he cannot speak to me, obviously. You know, and then he eventually now told me who amongst us was the lucky bride. You know, just to also say that at that point, I was just, I was just laughing because in my mind, I'm like, this is just in quotes nonsense, right? Um, I just wanted to just say, just in case, you know, people have had such experiences or someone is coming to tell you that, you know, they've had a dream. Because in my mind, if we're in a relationship, you shouldn't be talking to seven of us. That's a lot, you know. Well, that's seven a lot. Is for perfection. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you mentioned something that, I mean, when you are waiting or when you're, you know, you should find purpose. I mean, like, um, I was in, um, I was engaged before. I was in a relationship for eight and a half years. 
yeah, so I was, I was already wearing my ring, preparing for the date and everything, and it's ended, right? So I just told myself, I'm not going to be in any relationship again. And I, I started seeing someone, it wasn't official, but I mean, I got to a point where I was just like, I just need someone to be around. Um, and I feel like sometimes we have such people around us, they're just wasting our time and blocking us. But we just want to just have that feeling of having someone around. And there was a day I prayed, I said, God, please take this person away. Right? And in the middle of that, I also do voiceover. So I went for a job in the studio and I met Alfred. So sometimes on, some people don't come to your life until you let certain people go. So I just also wanted to say that. Praise God. So good. So I wanted to um, speak into that dream and revelation part. Because I really believe that if you have a word or you have a dream, I think it's a conviction for you. But in case people really do, what do you advise? So the thing is this. You know, when we talk about being led by the Spirit, it is it has some subjectivity to it. And I'll tell you why. You hear many voices. I think there are four voices or is it five voices you hear. You hear your own voice. You hear other people's voice. The voice of the devil and you hear the voice of God. Sometimes if you are not really experienced, you may not know that God is speaking to you. Sometimes because you ate, uh, you drank Gary to sleep, you may be dreaming of swimming. Do you understand my point? Or, or a cow is chasing you because you ate a lot of meat before you slept. Now, sometimes you've seen this lady and meditated so much about this lady. You start to dream about her. So it's important that you, are, you know how to, how to decipher and how to discern that God... Now, for most people, if God has not been speaking to you before... Nothing. When you now went to get married, say God, you're, I want to, you're not you used to it. The mistake will be, could, yeah, the mercy of God is available, but it's important. You understand? Now, can God speak to you through visions and dreams? Yes. But God is not the author of confusion. You should not go and meet somebody that God gave me a vision that you are my, you are my wife. Mm-mm-mm. Because sometimes it may mean that I'm more spiritual than you, listening to what God is. Remember, God told my wife that this is your husband, and she just laughed it away. But God, because God was not the author of confusion, started to walk things around, and things worked. So if God gave you the vision, what he wants you to do is to pray about that vision. When you pray about that vision, then he will start to arrange things for you so that things can work. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe that, con- con- I believe that content is important. But how about the container? And attraction is very important. But should it supersede what is internal? So what's the balance, physical or content? Okay, so there's a container and there's a content. Nobody buys a bottle of Coke because of the container. You buy it because of the content. However, typically, if you are buying a bottle of Coke on the street and the madam who wants to sell it to you or the guy who wants to sell it to you brings it from inside the gutter, you understand? And hands it over to you. You first of all be like, ah, what's this? Do you understand my point? So it's, it's important, but let me tell you something about container. 
container is not as important as we think it is. It is, but it's not as important as we think it is. In fact, when you want, you know, one of the things I found out, we've watched films, we've, you were a blank person when you came to the earth. You've watched films, you've watched this, we've won this, we've won that, and you now have a picture in your mind. That is one of the things that lead people astray. That picture. Oh, she must be like this. He must be like this. You know my wife. She said that she wanted somebody who was like six feet, who was, who was black and all that. I'm not six feet. I'm not dark like that. But you know what? When we sat down and broke it down, this was what she was looking for. Her brother is one of the best guys I've ever met in my life. My wife's brother, my brother-in-law. He's a great guy to, I mean, to the core. Great guy. He's six feet two. He's dark. That was what she was looking for. Somebody like her brother. Do you understand? That's what she was looking for. Do you understand? So, by the way, do you know what? Her Pastor brother is married, right? He's married. Yeah. He's married. He's married. Because what was that? Come out your mind, please. Hear the answer. So, so listen to me. Listen to me. You know what? One else. You know what? God answered her prayer. Her brother's name is Kunle. My name is Kunle. Hey. You understand my point? So please don't let don't let the perspectives we have and all those things form our, our, our view. I've noticed that if you, if, you, if, you start, if you sit with somebody you believe is ugly, let them just lock you guys for six months and you start to talk. And you start to talk. You will start to see the beauty in the life of that person. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, sir. What do you do when you feel in your... In your what, do you feel when, what do you do when you feel like it's time to propose in your heart? You want to propose... And you discuss it with your partner. And she says, you should not try it. Because it's not on her mind to settle down now. Because she's not about, she's still about getting and putting her life together. I surely believe in growing and, I surely believe in growing together while, we, while we're still early. Okay, so my point is, I don't think you should tell somebody I'm about to propose to you. Do you understand my point? Even though, you know, my time seems to be different from now. Because I know people, when I asked my wife out, I knew it was for marriage. So I didn't go back again to say, will you marry me? That first time, I knew what we were going to do. But I hear these days, I know these days, people do all sorts of things. Then, if you will say, did you understand my point? <laughs> so, that's what you can... But, but, but the thing is this. You know, one of the things we don't do as singles is that we don't ask we don't sit down to discuss and ask questions and give guidance and, 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 and give our, our, our view of the future and our vision. That's what courtship is meant to do. When you sit down and say, oh, these are the things I'm thinking about the future, this is how we think we should do it. You know, sometimes we are blinded by, I want to finish this one, then this one, then it's time for marriage, it's time for this. Life doesn't work in a straight line. 
life sometimes you have to reverse before you move forward. So one of the things you should do is that when you are proposing to somebody, sit down, bring forth, uh, uh, come, let us reason together. You understand? Bring out your strong points. Bring out the vision. What you think both of you can do together. How you think both of you can do it. If you know that both of you like each other and you're going to get it, you, you want to get married, do all those things. You understand? Okay, how can we make it this way? Let me tell you, there's a brother who used to be uh, uh, in singles fellowship. He said when he was going to, before he got married, he used to earn, was it 30,000 naira? And he knew he couldn't marry on a 30,000 naira salary. So he told the lady, you know what? This is how much I earn. But can you give me one year? Because nobody wants to wait forever. Can you give me one year? In this one year, I'll put things in place. He said he just started to pray. God, I've given the time. He started to pray. Then God opened his eyes to a particular business. Another. In one year, he was able to increase his income capacity to make them comfortable. And in one year and a few months, they were able to get married. So sometimes when you don't put all those things in place, people look at things in, in silos. Do you understand? You must be able to bring it together, both of you. And it comes from deep discussions. Um, okay. Thank you so much, sir. Um, how real is emotional entanglement for a married person with another person? What should the relationship, what should your relationship be with, like to a married person, either as a female or, or as a male? And then emotional entanglement, how do you know that you're already emotionally to somebody. entangled to somebody else? Okay, so the thing is this. Please and please, please, I beg you in the name of God. It is very easy to be emotionally entangled mm -hmm. to another man or another woman, especially when you see them quite often and you discuss quite often with them. Mm. Because communication is a lifeblood of relationship. When you start to fellowship with somebody, you start to connect with them. And when connection starts to happen at the heart level, you, then you won't, start, you won't start to see that person at home because you are not talking to them as much as you should. Because you are not fellowshipping with them as much. So it is very easy. Now, when you start to, in your home, when you start to always want to talk to that person, always want to, ah, when you think about the person, you just smile. <laughs> Wahala is at the door. You understand my point? You should break it immediately. Which is why when issues like that come up, you know, you have to... Okay, let, let me use myself as an example. I told you that as a younger person, I had many female friends. But I am not developing female friends anymore. It's the ones I've had. Now, you know what has happened? All those friends... Are my wife's friends now. In fact, they are closer to my wife than me now. Sometimes I'm talking to my wife. My wife say, "Just last year I should say hello to you." I say, "Ah, now wow." <laughs> I say, "Who is the owner of the friend, self?" They, they, they're so. I just. You, you understand? There's one of them. The husband told her, "The only male friend you are about to ha you can have is Kunle." Why? Because mm. he doesn't see me as threatening. Mm. 
He sees his wife and my wife. He says, do you understand my point? So it requires wisdom. Now, some of us don't have the capacity and the strength to do it. Once they start to talk to you, they say, okay, no problem. Leave. Don't develop it. Don't develop those entanglements. It's, it's so easy. I see it in office. People are sleeping together in office. Mm. Just because there's... And there's a little, just a little problem at home that can be resolved. See, the thing is that the person is working at home. The only thing you see here is taking ah. off their underwear. And you think mm. that's life. Mm. Meanwhile, relationship is work. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, sir. Um, um, follow up, what can be done practically to undo entanglement? When you say um, break it off, what does break it off? So, so, entanglement started with fellowship. From fellowship to, to deep, deep fellowship. <laughs> yes. And you are heading to partnership. Do you understand? So, what does fellowship mean? Fellows in the same ship. Hallelujah. So, as a fellow in the same ship, unfellow yourself from that ship. Debord or don't board. Do you understand my point? See, let me tell you something. What else? And sometimes... It's not you chasing the person. It's you, they are chasing you. An older friend of mine told me a story. He said, many years ago, there's a girl in his office who was chasing him, who was chasing him, who was chasing him, and told him, I'm going to sleep with you. He said, sometimes they will be in the office, the girl will just raise up her skirt. He says, ah! Now, that's a demon. She, he told me, he said he went for the girl's wedding. Listen to this. He went for the girl's wedding outside of Lagos. So they got hotels for everybody. So he says, where's my hotel room? He says, wait, they, somebody will take you. Wait, somebody will take you. Wait, somebody will take you. Wait, somebody will take you. This was a Friday before the wedding. Wait, somebody will take you. Wait, somebody will take you. Say so almost every brother says, okay, let's take you to your hotel. He said, when they got to his hotel room, as he put down his bag, he turned, the girl was naked. Anyway, they slept together that night before her wedding and told him, I told you now. So my point is, sometimes you are not looking to be entangled. People are looking to tangle you. That's even more dangerous. So what do you do? Is you have to Find every way to flee. Sometimes you may have to get out of that place to save your life because you don't know what that person is bringing. You may have to take hard decisions. I can't walk in this place anymore. I have to leave. I have to block this number. I have to. You know what? The, the mistake that my older friend made when that girl was making some of those passes, oh, why are you doing it? He was taking you with his glove. Do you understand? That kind of person, you can't be, I won't even go for your wedding. He was, he was, too, he was still even chummy with the person. I can't be chummy with you. Do you understand my point? You show me your skirt, 
under your what do you call it above a certain level. I, you understand? You understand? You are, you are, I, can't, I can't take that. You are harassing me. So it's so important, guys, that we, we learn to pick up. We learn to pick up. We learn to pick up signals. But Pastor Cole, is it possible to be enjoying it? And that's why you don't know it. That's what I'm saying now. You guys. You understand? Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll say that. See, as guys, guys, let's speak to ourselves. You know, somebody is flashing you. You know what I mean when I say flash? I'm not talking credit. They just flash you one show like that. If the God in you eh, is not strong enough for you to rebuke that kind of iniquity, it will become a hidden desire. Now, you know you should not do it, but you yet are fan- you can fantasize about even evil that you should not do. It's the same way some of us have evil intents in our minds, but God has been helping you. You have not carried it out. The devil sees that kind of person and he says it's only a matter of pressure. One day that thing will come to pass. So you understand that for this person, guards were already down. A man, you know how forceful sometimes men we can be now. A conductor comes and you charge. If that thing was truly life-threatening and you saw from the eyes of this week what that lady was doing, you would have charged at her. But the moment you went soft, you became like Samuel, I mean Samson and Delilah. She cut off your hair. She, she bound you with rope. Hey, kids glove. She, she took, come on. So a lot of us as men, please, let's cut off that bravado something. If you know that at the first instant, at the first sighting, she sends you one nude, you're like, ah, I'm if you cannot say, is this girl okay? If you can't, no, sincerely, if something does not erupt within you, know that you are a candidate to fall. Then you now give in to this leading of the Holy Spirit to break it. If you don't have that holy check between you, that you're like, ah, how would she do this? You're like, there is something. Mm. You understand? Mm. Because the devil just knew that I, I have gotten what you can like. And you know something you said about pressure. Pressure in physics is force over unit area. Yes. We need power yesterday. Okay. Pressure is what? Force over, over. unit area. Mm. Area. Is F over A. So, or force per unit area, rather. Force per unit area. So, the reason if, if this thing is here, this is the area. If I put this on it, the reason it is not breaking is because the force is not a lot. Once I put a bigger force on this, it can break this, isn't it? But even if I put that bigger thing on it, what will ensure that this thing doesn't break is to increase the surface area of this thing. A lot of us need to increase our surface area. When you increase your surface area through the word, through the spirit, when it is coming, you understand? See, you understand? You'll be able to withstand it. The challenge with most people is that your surface area is too weak and small. Wow, thank you so much, sir. What can sisters do? There is an increasing ratio of sisters who are more spirit who are more spiritually and mentally ready over males. Considering all the yardsticks you mentioned about an ideal brother, what can a sister do? See, 
that statistic is not right because it has not been measured. Wow. Do you understand? It has not been measured. You feel that there's an increasing. I can come and tell you that, man, I know brothers who are spiritual too. You know, one of the things I've said is this go back to God. Let God give you your own revelation. Let God give you your own guidance. Did I not just tell you about somebody who was streaming from America and, got, who, and saw somebody on TV? Let God direct you. There are many, many stories I've heard. See, there was, a, there was a sister who did very well. I mean, she made money. She was going to leave her house in Antonia or something to move to Lekki. And people said, oh, you won't find a husband. Who will marry you? Thank God she didn't listen. She moved to her lucky house. Anyway, she, she married her neighbor. <laughs> Do you understand my point? So, my point is this. My point is One this. House. Guys, please. People, please. Don't, don't give it a, a formula. That mm. is not God's formula. So good. Formula for Alfred is different from formula for Pule. It's different from formula for Olumide. It's different from formula for Funke. It's different from formula for Martin. It's different from formula for Jennifer. It's different. What you need to do is not that somebody... No. Let God interrupt you. You will see it. We are believers, honestly. We are believers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is there such a thing as not being compatible after, again, after, after marriage? I currently know a popular pastor that just divorced, which is so sad. And I heard the reason was that it wasn't working out. So is, it, is, is there a point to, is there, so is it there, is it possible to marry the wrong person, even as a Christian or pastor, and get to the point that it won't work out again? All right. So once you marry somebody, that's the right person for you. Yes. That's it. One. Two. Marriage doesn't work out. You work it out. Yes. I love it. Do you understand? It doesn't work out. You what? Work it. Three. Marriages don't fail. It's people that fail in marriage. It's people. So when somebody tells me, we are not compatible, we're not, it's a lie. That's in marriage. Yeah, in marriage. You have gotten in marriage. You have gotten there, you now need to work it out. They may have been telling you things that you now, your eyes now open in the marriage. <laughs> that say, hey! Yeah. Which is why, let me tell you Sing- why you should singles. do these singles, this thing that you're talking about. Some people, they do courtship in marriage for 10 years before they now do the remarriage. Yes. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. They do courtship inside tennis. marriage first. Before they now got, get to the point, oh, this why this how we should be married. Whoa. Something they should have done before marriage. Something they should have done. I said, maybe I shouldn't marry this person. Maybe. I, and yeah. there are so many things happening. So when you now get into it, you have to work it out. Too. Honestly. And you know, see, there's area, okay, you want to divorce, you want to do this, you want to start another life. It's good. But I can tell you, statistics, statistics show that people, when you divorce, the next marriage is, ends up in a divorce. Usually statistics. 
there's, there's a lot. The way God intended it is for you to get one. See, if you were fully spiritual, and she's fully spiritual and all that, you don't need coaching. Yes. That's it. Yes, I mean, sure. fully. Truly. Yes. You get it. But you know, there's a scripture that says in Isaiah, is it 28 now? It says, it says there's, a, there, there's a sure foundation laid in Zion, tried and tested. Why are you testing and trying the foundation that is laid in Zion? Why? Why? So, my point is this. We are not fully spiritual. We are not. So, we've got to, we, we hear in part, we prophesy in part. Mm. So, when you hear it, when God talks to you, you understand? You've got to be able to, okay, this thing that God, is it God that is talking to me? So, and please, the experiences of people should not be a yardstick to measure what the scripture says. Even your own experience. Yeah. Even your own experience. So that a pastor got divorced doesn't mean, ah, pastor is not God. Yeah. Pastor makes mistakes. Do you understand my point? So what you are looking for is that what does the scripture say? I'm going, pastor may not be living the scripture. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, pastor Kinley, thank you so much for your time. We still have a lot of questions and we'll try and about another 20 minutes-ish. Pastor Kule mentioned that he shares everything with his wife. This is from our online viewers. In a situation where you and your husband share different views on giving, seed sowing, so when you either, so when you're, anyone is led to sow, and in order not to get discouraged from giving, you don't discuss with the other partner, especially how do you handle such, especially in the context of sharing and discussing everything. What if you are in a relationship, and this, this is for sowing, we can look at it for other things. What if you guys have different views? Maybe it blows money. I have learned the hard way. Do I still share everything and all of that? Praise the Lord. Which is why there's a, there's a teaching I do on no romance without finance. Question mark. Where is it, sir? Where can they watch it? <laughs> so, is it on YouTube? For those that... No, I don't Okay, we'll get to you. Okay. So the thing about money is this. There are three things that are very important in any relationship for it to succeed. Sex, communication, and money. Sex, communication, and money. Communication is more, most important out of the three because you need communication in communication, you need communication in sex, and you need communication in money. Now, so it's important that you also understand that you have different views to life, to, to money, to, to, to many things. So now, when you come together, you know when that scripture says that, and the two shall become one. Positionally, in the eyes of God, you are one. Experientially, you are not one. So two shall become one becomes a process to becoming one. So because you have all come from a very various different views, but you want to build one culture in that marriage, what you need to do is to start to talk about different things and why you agree with these things. When I met my wife, she used to, I mean, she used to sue. I mean, she used to, in fact, her father knew and said, hey, as in, she used to, you understand? Now, were all those sewings profitable? Yeah. Were some emotional? I think so. So, we met together and started to discuss, oh, only I want to sew, so, so, and so. Okay, have you thought about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you, do you understand? And we started to do something. 
Then we had projects we wanted to do. Oh, we want to do this, we want to do this. Our children want to go to this school, this wants to happen, this wants to happen. Then we started to do those things. Now, once each partner understands what is required for them for both to work, for the projects you want, for the sewing you want, and all that, we will pray about it and we will understand at the end of the day, hmm, this one needs to happen. For instance, that was a, some years ago. I, I, I sold a sum of money. <laughs> I sold a sum of money. And the reason I sold it, I said, God, my children's school fees, as they begin to grow, I'm sowing it for it. My, do you understand? And God has proven himself on that. When, I, when you discuss that with your wife and all that, because she's equally spiritual and understand what we are, the words, you understand my point? Uh, you understand? She will say yes. Do you understand my point? Then, one of the things, I also spoke to a friend of mine. Uh, she told me that her husband, her husband is, spends more than she does, but her husband also works in faith a lot. So, understanding that has helped her to soften a little, a lot more, understanding that, you know what, we can do this thing in faith. So, it is a partnership that has come together for both of them. That sometimes when he says, let's save, he understands, okay, let's save. Okay, let's sow this thing. She understands, let's sow it. So it's, 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 there's, there's no single answer to this how it should be done. This how you should do it. No, 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 no. Both of you have to come together. To have that decision. For instance, there was a time we were really saving when we first got married and all that. We, we, we used to have a lot of money. In fact, we oversaved. When I look at it, I say, ah, we were stupid. We will have money saved and we'll be suffering just to pinch it. I say, ah, ah. Do you understand my point? So it's, it's, it's working both together. And let me tell you something about money. Guys, do not... Use money as a position for power in your relationship. That somebody earns more should not be the position for power in that relationship. It shouldn't. Okay. If a number of years ago, my wife said she was stopping work. And I said, okay, we prayed about it. We did this and all that. I said, go and do, your, go and do the business. We used to put our money together. After our five months, say, Beams, my money is finishing early. Say, I've stopped, I've stopped working. <gasps> because she was contributing before. Wow. The source has dried. Wow. So we had to restructure, restrategize how we'd work together, how would. Then she started her business. She would want to contribute. I said, Don't worry. Every money put back in that business. But you know what? There is nothing that she has said she wants because she won't ask for frivolous things. She won't say, I want to carry a Gucci bag. She says, my friends are carrying Gucci bags. I can't carry Gucci bag now. 
the time is coming. Do you understand my point? So we walk together, we walk together, we walk together. We walk. She won't pressure me, but I got all of us somehow. We have to go. For, no. we, 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 we did everything. You understand? Then when the business started to grow, we started to see the dividends and all. In fact, I used to tell her, your business did well this month, Abby. Says, how do you know? I said, because you put in more money. I wouldn't. But you know, let me tell you one of the things. Do you know that the things my wife does at home, if I was supposed to pay for it, I, can, I, can, I cannot afford it. I don't know where to get lesson teacher. I don't, there are so many things I don't know how to do. If I put money and say people should be doing for me, I can't afford it. So when the Bible says ah, yeah, yeah, that yeah. who can find a virtuous woman, her worth is far more rubies. So if I find her, can you afford her? So, my point is this. At the end of the day, money is not, money is just a tool. We work it together. Work with it together. Build together. One day, my wife opened my, my, I was going to give offering in church. And she saw large money in my bank. I said, where did you get money? I said, ah, they paid me bonus on Friday. I said, ah, we've been waiting for this money now. We have plans for this money now. <laughs> I was happy that my wife had plans for my money. So good. <laughs> yeah. It's our money. Yeah. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Um, what happens if your partner is not saved, but the person is a great person? You're already married. Or, or you are not, yeah, you're, already, you're already married. Well, Paul gives us First Peter 3. First Corinthians, yes, uh, Corinthians that that if the saved marries the unsaved, if the unsaved, if the saved wants to stay, let him stay. Because you sanctify your children and you sanctify her. If the unsaved says, I want to leave, he says the unsaved can leave. You understand? Then you are not bound by it. But what you should do is to pray for the salvation of her soul or his soul and also model true Christianity to that person. Yes, yes. You know, we, we should model, when you model true Christianity, you know, there's a couple who, who we interviewed um, many years ago. They, they were having challenges and they were going to get divorced a week before they got divorced. Um, the lady had been praying for the guy. God, bring back my marriage, restore my marriage. He said, God stopped her one day and said, you are praying the wrong prayer. You want your marriage to be good. What about the salvation of his soul? That his soul is more important to me than this marriage. That his soul so is very good. important. So, he started praying. As he prayed for him, the guy said, he didn't know what happened one morning, one evening. He got up. He was so disturbed and headed for redemption camp. He said he listened to the message he called the altar, made the altar call. He came out. He gave his life to Christ. And he gave his life to Christ. He thought about his wife. That had been such a bad guy. Headed to find his wife. Oh. And was restored to his wife. They've been divorced. They've been separate for maybe about eight years. They came back together and had another child. Oh. You see, this God is big. Yes. You know, sometimes when you are praying... Let me tell you, a lot, of, a lot of us pray, God, do this, God, do this. 
start to pray in the spirit. Pray, 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 pray. God will just drop something in your mind. Pray about this. It, is, it means that it's time for you to pray about it. You pray about it. You just wonder, ah, this thing happened. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I have four more. Do you have anybody else ask question here? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So take care. It's just going to be papers. Praise God. when especially in church they label christian ladies as oh, your materialistic once god has said his spiritual spirituality there are a lot of his spirituality does not solve mm-hmm. and there are a lot of 
people, Christian people, very wonderful people, and their marriages are having problems because of this. So is it wrong for you as a lady to actually sit down, emotions aside, I mean, this is a good man, yeah, he, he speaks in tones, but can he provide? Are we capable? Can, he, can what both of us are doing, what both of us are doing, can he lead us at least for the next two years into the marriage? All right. Praise the Lord. I think that's a very practical question. Yeah, yeah. The first question is this. God cannot lead you outside of his will. Do you understand? Cited two cases of people that got married um, to a Muslim. Um, one recently, the other one, it reminds for many years, they even have godly children. I just wondering that. I don't gossip, we shouldn't marry outside of football. This is a case of that. And so, another friend right now that is married to a Muslim, she prayed and she felt that that's what God wanted to do. So. All right. So, God cannot lead you. And there are people who prosper outside of God's will. Do you understand my point? I remember I told you something, you know? I told you something that there's a principle of Jesus and there's a person of Jesus. So if they both agree to follow the principles of Jesus and all that, the commitment parts and all that, eh, they would have a great marriage until the marriage is tested spiritually sometimes. Sometimes it never gets tested. Do you understand my point? until there's some major spiritual testing that would happen. Or major issues, it may not even be spiritual, life issues, that you wonder, hmm, do you know, I know people, that were, they were nominal Muslims and all that, until there was a position to be filled somewhere. Then their Muslim name came out. There was a position to be filled in government. And they say, until you do this, you can't. They will bow to that pressure. One of the things I've come to realize, and I keep telling, I told my, my wife, I was telling my wife, I was still telling my children a few days ago, that everybody has an altar. An altar they sacrifice to, on. It may not be a physical altar, but everybody has. So it's important. You know, the reason, it's not a sin if you marry unbeliever, blah, blah, blah. Do you understand my point? It is what can come out of it. It is the spiritual amplification that, that is possible. Do you understand my point? Nice is not a fruit of the spirit. So you must understand, is that spiritual amplification that they are missing? So, and at the end of the day, what happens is this. What happens in eternity? You had it great here, but not great over there. So that's it. Then the second issue that you spoke about, money. There is nobody who is not materialistic. Everybody... Everybody has some level of material, what you call it, in them. Now, what you are looking for, especially as a lady, what you are looking for in that guy is not how much he's earning. It's not even his potential. You are looking for his patterns. 
You are looking for his patterns. You understand? Because some people have potential. It never turns to kinetic. It never. It, it just remains a potential. It says, "Ah, but boy, there any potential gone?" You understand? No. There is. What are his patterns? I told you of a brother who said, "I earn thirty thousand now. Give me one year. This is the vision I have." He started praying about it. This is the business I want to do. This. Ha- do you know you can have the business you want to do and not know how to execute it? That's the wrong pattern. So he will tell you he has many things to do, but he's not somebody who executes. Then you need to understand, is he a business person or a work person? Because not everybody can do business. Not everybody can, you understand, can stay in a place of work. You know, the, one guy I used to stay <laughs> some many years ago, he was doing this hard business. I mean, for somebody like me, I don't think I can do it. The kind of business he was doing. He was legit. One day, some guys came home many years ago, maybe in the 90s, that they collected two million from him and they did give him room. He said, wait for him. He went to bring gun. That, John, I, I can never see myself. Now, if I enter that business, they will cheat me. Because me, I can't bring gun. Do you understand my point? So, my point is this. Is he a business kind of person? Is he a work kind of person? What kind of decisions does he make now? Does he keep to his word? Do you understand? When he says, I'm coming, will he come? When he says, I will do this, I will do this, I will do, he will do it. Yeah. Does he return it? Do you understand my point? Those patterns, you are looking for it. Do you understand my point? If, 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 he, wants to, if, if, if he wants to apply, just say, ah, there's this job. Have you applied for it? I'm still waiting. I'm still... Do you understand my point? Those are the things. See, we have a friend. We have a friend. They've gone through issues in their marriage. I mean, big issues. But thankfully, it's been resolved now. They've resolved many things. And the lady said something that I found out that my husband can, if he comes, they live abroad now. If he does interview, he will pass. But the process to get the interview, put his put his uh, CV in place, he won't do it. So she will collect the CV, do it for him, and all that. Probably help him send it in, and all that. When he gets to the interview, he will get the job. But he shouldn't be doing, she shouldn't be doing that. It's because of those issues. And really, she saw some of those issues. So you need to look for patterns. If the patterns are wrong, then it's not about being married. How much is he earning now? Another. See, people earn good money before they get married and lose the job and lose the business. And what happens? Can after losing his job or her job, can he rise up again? Can she rise up again? Does he have the mental, all the, the capacity? He won't go into depression and emotion. Now roller coasters. I've lost the job. They didn't like me. This he will get up and say, what can I do? Those are the things you are looking for. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. 
So my question is, what role does external confirmations play in determining your spouse or marriage or relationship? Because a friend of mine, quite close, she was supposed to go into a relationship with a guy. She really liked him. And prior to when something happened, she already told me that she was not feeling comfortable. And I, I could sense it too. So that week, um, somehow she was not around. A pastor came with her mom's friend. They visited. The man said, who is, who is your daughter? Something happened. Then um, he wrote her name. He said, the mother didn't even know that she had somebody that she was going to get into a relationship with. And he said, your daughter shouldn't go into a relationship with that guy if she doesn't want her life to be ruined. Um, she came back and went to meet the pastor and he told her that if you're not ready to um, parent or another man, another woman's child, you shouldn't go into that relationship. That same week, she went to a vigil with somebody and in that church, they told her that um, this person you're about to go into a relationship with will ruin your life. And it confirmed the unsettlement that she had, but she, was, she actually was even going to go ahead if these people were not in play. So what role does external confirmations play? Okay. So I said before, there's a similar question. When you ask for a sign and the sign given is in vivid, what can you do? You have asked for clarity and nothing is coming. So what? You, yeah, you, you asked for clarity, clarity and nothing is coming. coming. He's talking about signs, confirmation. Right. Okay, so we need to be very careful about signs, about a whole lot of these things. You know, I told you that you hear four voices. The voice of God, the voice of men, the voice of the devil, and your own voice. Hmm? We need to be very careful about this. Which is why we must build a relationship with God, and God must tell us these things. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible, in the book of Acts, when, was it Philip or Agabus that came in and bound himself? Abi, he bound himself. And he said, the person who owns this belt will be bound like this in Rome. And it was Paul's belt. And people started to appealing to Paul. Paul, don't go now. Don't go there. He said, I'm willing even to die. I will go. Don't make me sad. I will go to that place. Meanwhile, remember, when Paul was going, God told him, you will still be my witness in Rome. So, some of the times we are interpreting what God is saying wrongly. Remember, I was hearing my wife's name. And the only person I knew that time was this person. What did I do? I assumed that she was the one. Thank God, God had mercy. It was somebody else. So, we must have a deep relationship with God. Do you understand my point? Mm -hmm. Now, Anything anybody is telling you must confirm what God is telling you. If not, don't let us go into Pentecostal Babalao. <laughs> Do you understand? Don't let us go into it. We need to be careful. Let me tell you another story. This guy, maybe he lives, he, he's living abroad. Oh, this girl was living abroad. No, this girl met a guy, I, I can't remember the, the full story, and told the family had, had met this guy. He says, yeah, no problem. So they went to pray about it. Like they usually do. They say, ah, it's the person. God has confirmed that this person is the person. Yeah. So he said, okay, no problem. He said, um, just to let you know, she has a child though. You understand? 
they changed what God saw. He said, God did not say it again. Do you understand my point? Please, it's just so important that we have that relationship with God. Yes, yeah, so it has to be a confirmation of whatever it thinks you, you believe. I have a friend who was believing to get married. She's 40 now. Got married to this guy only to realize he already had two wives. And she's been a virgin all along. How can I help her? I think it's pretty straightforward. She, she can't, she, she's one that... That person needs counseling. But you see, let me tell you something. What else? Is she saying truly, truly? She didn't know. She didn't know. Because you know something about acting is this. The word hypocrite, the Greek word, has the same root word as actor. And the reason is this. You know, when you watch a film and say, I really like that part in that film, that guy must have done that part maybe 20 times. Take one. You didn't do it well. Take two. Or to take 20. Which means that actors are not perfect. Which is why the same word actor and hypocrite are the same in Greek. So the thing is that if you stay and watch somebody, if they are not consistent, they will, you see, if you lie, if you tell the truth, you don't always have to remember the last thing you said. So people who, you know, where are you? I'm coming. You come, I'm coming. You know, sometimes, just go and greet people unannounced. You know, there are things that you will find out. So that's why I'm saying, is she really saying that she didn't know? That something was amiss? Or a desire to get married? Yeah. So, she's there now. We have to ask for God's mercy. You understand? And... She has to seek counseling, but he's not. If she wants to get married, if she wants to, you know, in that kind of marriage, you know, in Nigeria, hmm, you can't marry under English law. You can't marry two wives under English law. Under customary, I think you can. So, did she marry under customary or legal? Because in legal, you understand, it's not, you can't do it in English law. So there's so many things that need to be discussed in that. Yeah. All right, sir. Um, just to also add to it, most of the, I don't know, personally, you've done this for a very long time. Most of the people I know, most of the marriages, most of the people I speak to, they saw something that they overlooked. Like 99% of the time, there's something that there's a trait I either thought I could manage, I can walk with, I can leave, or I don't. So, so that's a very, and for singles, so, but I don't sweep anything under the carpet. Um, how do I manage, I think this one, you've answered a couple of it, pray. How do I Sorry, manage the fear? what you just said, ask yourself a question. Can I live with this thing for the rest of my life without complaining? 
Can I live with it? Because I will tell you something, please. There are some things that don't change in marriage. Yes, sir. No matter how good the person is. I mean, there are some things that won't change. That won't change. It won't change. And you can't change anybody because you are not the Holy Ghost. How do I manage the fears, the fears of marriage at this point? I feel like I don't want again. It's really, really bad. Such a burden. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He has given you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. One of the things you need to do, sometimes because of our experiences in life, we come to a point where we start to fear. You understand? Maybe it was a, I don't know, it was a Greg that broke your heart. So every man you see now has become a Greg. Or your father did something to your mother. Every man you see, you see your father in them. Or your mother did something to your father. Every woman you see, you see your mother in them. You need to relax. And you need to tell yourself that they gave a bad example. But there's a good example in the Bible, Christ and the church. And that God loves you. And because God loves you, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you to the right man or to the right woman who will treat you the right way, who you will fulfill purpose together. And you need to start to get scriptures. Mm. When you get scriptures, scriptures about fair, scriptures about the future and all that, confess those scriptures to yourself. Because scriptures are things that wash, wash. You know, they can wash you out, wash dirt out of you. <clears throat> Once you've done that, over time, you start to see that, oh, really, it's not that bad. And you know one of the things that happens is happening is this. Because you are fearing, that fear overshadows you. So when you even meet people, they can see something. They are picking up a signal that you don't pick up. You understand? You are giving out signals you shouldn't give out. You understand? Sometimes you start a relationship or you start, people start liking you. Then you withdraw and you are wondering, ah, what's wrong with this girl? What's wrong? You understand? It's a stronghold of the enemy. But we break that stronghold today in Jesus' name. I say we break that stronghold today in the name of Jesus. Get the word of God. The word of God changes things. Amen. Okay, that's the last person we take. All right. Um, this one is, please, what's your, what, what are your thoughts on online dating? So, if you asked me this question maybe 10 years ago, my thoughts would have maybe different from what I will say now. And the reason is this. The world is changing. I mean, it's changing so badly. <laughs> or, I mean, badly good. <laughs> Do you understand? That if you don't get online you may miss a few things. So the problem, the thing with online dating is that I'm for online dating, but with a lot of caveat and boundaries. If you start to date someone online, please go and find out. See, in this world now, if somebody has gotten online, they are online. Are you here? They are what? They are online. So... If you check their, for instance, say you want to start dating me, you understand? You want to start dating me, check them on Facebook, check them on Instagram, check them on Twitter. Who are their friends? Who do they follow? Who, do, who follows them? 
You understand? You will find something. Check them on LinkedIn. What did they say? How have they said? You understand? When you do that level of research, it's easier to connect to the person, to, to start talking to the person. Because what you also don't want is you want to date somebody who is a, 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 a kidnapper. You want to, you know, there, there are many other things. So if you research them online, you start to talk to them. Now, when you start to talk to them, please and please, it's important that you give it time. You see, people who see themselves, there are issues. I mean, you and I were talking. They still have issues that they're resolving, not to talk about online. Because what happens about our communication is this. Communication, 56% of communication is, is body language. 56%. You understand? Tone, I think it's about 14%. What you said is just about 3 or so percent. Which is why you can say, Bele, as I mean it, Bele. It's the same word, but it means different things. So my point is, you need people face-to-face, -face, communication, you need to know their body language, you need to know uh, when you say something, why did he look away, what to probe, how to probe it, questions. So it's important that even after you do online, you must come face-to-face -face at some point. When you come face-to-face, -face, then you can still start seeing the body language, start talking and all that, but it's just important that you don't start it online and end it online. You must start online go to offline is it offline on you're not physical on have communication yeah all right finally can we put our hands together have you been blessed thank you so much sir let me hear you victor praise the lord sir, thank you sir um mine is not a question but an experience um i will take my wife's permission before i share have you? Or maybe when you... Or should we take it and come back? No, no, no. Just very brief. No, no. What? I'm saying the permission. Do you have it now? No, I have it, sir. I have it. <laughs> okay. When you talked about um, the issue you had with your wife, the night she was pregnant for your daughter, I had the same experience. But I didn't manage my, my own very well. And we had miscarriage. Um, my first year of marriage... I was a, a horse band. Horse, 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 H O R S E, horse band. So I learned the hard way. She was um, five months, three weeks, and four days pregnancy. And it happened on a Friday. We were coming back from work. Uh, I was very angry with her, all the way from office to the house. Throughout that night, I didn't talk to her. She laid to the other side. I was on the other side. On Saturday, I didn't know she was in pain. And I left. I think on Sunday, we didn't go to church on Sunday. I was still angry. Then on Monday, I went to work. I have not spoken to her for three nights, like three days. And, and I think it was around 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. She called me. I was even venting in anger. And she said, baby, come back home. <laughs> At that point, I knew that the game had changed. So when I came back home, her water has broken. And to fast track it, after about three weeks or four, so we did an evacuation. So why am I bringing up this story? What I'm saying it is um, for the men in the house. When our wives are pregnant, 
there is that tendency for us to because they were they are having so many emotions emotions will be high it's at that point you know he said something that one would chase a thousand but two would chase ten thousand she might be she might be at her low place to pray it's our responsibility to guard her in prayer and with our emotions too because um, I found out, I love what I'm saying because I have learned from it. I didn't do well. And I'm saying it um, as a lesson for us. Even if she's throwing up emotions, be the man. Be, you know, the Holy Spirit have to teach me about husband and husbandry. When you are husbandering something, you are nurturing it. So I didn't learn that in my first, in fact, two years of my mother, I didn't learn it. So it's a lesson for me. So that I, I, want, I didn't want to share it, but... I kept having pricks in my heart. Why not talk about it? So that's what I want to share, sir. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I, I've learned something today. Husband and husbandry. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me pray with you. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we magnify you. Jesus, we love you. Zalito fregedish toho fraga dizoba lindaha. Mema ianta kailo pre izo kata lidu zakate greduze hila ya koshtenga li katuza kadriga dezo. Rubala ete go zikayanta a iku kahate sekebo. Oh, I hear for everyone here it will end well. Ah, for everyone here it will end well. Izuka kilo pre ilaya to zeidi gagrado zaha ma ilaka suka kaile kosa karie ketu zaha tisda andre eka baba ba everything to hinder you I, I see like a bat in the name of Jesus we remove the hindrance in the name of Jesus we remove obstacles in the name of Jesus every mountain is brought low every valley is filled every crooked road is made straight every rough road is made smooth light is shown on your path light shines on your path God holds you up. He bears you up. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray for sweetness. I declare sweetness. I declare sweetness. Zoletre ikobra ila kozo vrika lido shata. Zaika ke kiko kaito lebra ilayaba kaito zehi. Rike ke 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 riko kayaba ye. Oh zeyelebo sahaba. There is someone here you need to play more with your wife. Ah, zuletre yando fregidaya pa iko sakayaba. You know what I see is like a, 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 when, when, when you take your son and you are holding him and to take him around like I spring him around. Somebody you need to play more. You need to play more in that relationship, in that relationship. Oh, any struggle in any relationship, any marriage. 
have financial struggle whatever struggle it is father in the name of jesus we please we speak ease right now we speak ease right now we speak ease right now jalitre e govari saka o zuletre ikrebo liantuje e laita gabo sakaba zule ikayaba oh we receive wisdom we receive wisdom for you wisdom in your homes wisdom in your jobs in the name of jesus somebody you think your wife is too i don't know say ah what's wrong with her god will give you wisdom to deal with her hey wisdom 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 in the name of jesus somebody you know god is bearing you up the yoruba God is bearing you up. Zokayelo praka shon praka dosa habaya. Zokayebayetozea. Nobody will make a wrong decision here. In the name of Jesus, from glory to glory, strength to strength, favor to favor, supernatural progress. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Quilly. Is that how you're going to do it? Is that how you're going to do it? Amen. Can we say a big thank you, sir? Thank you. God bless you. I mean, it went that way. All right, let's sit down briefly. We're about to end this session.